0: What's up, everyone? Happy New Year. We are officially in 2020, and it's going to be a great year. This year, we are going to make more money than we did last year. This year, we are going to spend more time with our loved ones than we did last year. We are going to be happier. We are going to get our bodies in better shape, and we are going to read and study more books, and more than anything, we are going to make more friends and influence more people. If you don't know how you are going to do this, then today, this podcast is for you. We'll get started right after this intro. Now I'm guessing for a lot of you, this is not your first podcast. The first thing I would like to mention is that if you've ever failed in the past, it's not your fault. There's a lot of information out there and it could be confusing. Many times it's information overload that keeps you from success. It's okay. If you've been concerned in the past that you just can't succeed, I want to put those fears to rest. You can do this. You just need the right person to explain this to you. This is your call to action. If anyone's ever told you that you need a lot of money or a college degree to be successful, I'm here to tell you that they are wrong. Those people have their own reasons for them wanting you to think that. But I'm here to tell you it's not true. If you ever think that the government and the banks actually want you to fail, you're probably right. They don't benefit from you succeeding. They want to keep you in debt and in need. The difference with us is that we actually care about your success and truly want to see you living the life of your dreams. So that's why we are here for you. I know you have a dream of becoming successful and that starts with taking action. I want to show you how to make that happen during this podcast. Hi everyone, this is Albert Bean, and welcome to the Call to Action podcast. Today, we are going to find out how to win friends and influence people by listening to this book review. If you've never heard of this book before, then you're probably living under a rock. If that's you, then you need to come out from under that rock and make some friends. Take a lot of notes from this review and also go out and take action and buy this book. Please use the link in the comment section to purchase the book through Amazon. CTA Productions are partners with Amazon. Are you ready to get started? great these are notes from the book how to win friends and influence people a good quote in this book is from john wanamaker he says he learned 30 years ago it is foolish to scold he has enough trouble over his own limitations then try and worry that the fact that god has not seen fit to distribute evenly the gift of intelligence wow isn't that a great quote when you criticize someone it usually puts them on defensive and wants to make them justify themselves. Am I right? Criticism is dangerous because it wounds the person's pride. It arouses resentment in a person you are criticizing. It hurts their sense of importance. Do you agree with this? I'll give you an example. It was learned that when you train an animal, the animal learns better when you reward them for good behavior than discipline them for bad behavior. I experienced that myself with my dog. I took him to a trainer and the trainer was an expert trainer he actually knew the dog whisperer that's on TV that cost a lot of money and the trainer taught me the same thing he said reward your dog and they will learn faster same thing applies with humans don't be negative and show them wrongs but reward their good behavior have you heard this before it was once said as much as we thirst for approval we dread condemnation we dread being criticized am i right so if you are one to find criticism in people and you criticize your family and your friends and you're demoralizing them the next time in our lives when we think about criticizing someone let's remember criticism is like a homing pigeon it always returns is this making sense to you One of my mentors, Jim Rohn, had taught me that when you scold someone, it's like taking a lashing on them. So think about this next time. Have you ever heard how Jesus was lashed before they hung him on the cross? You don't want to be lashing your family members, or even worse, your son or your daughter. So don't scold them. In this book, there's a story about Abraham Lincoln. And in the story, Abraham Lincoln criticizes many people and he learned a lesson the hard way. He almost lost his life. After that lesson, he stopped criticizing people and became one of the best leaders this country had as a president. After Lincoln learned his lesson about criticism, he would then find when he wanted to criticize people, he would write them letters and he would put those letters in his desk and never have them sent. Isn't that cool? Later on Mark Twain did the same thing. He would write letters to people criticizing and putting them down, but it was Mark Twain's wife who made sure that those letters were never mailed. When Mark Twain wrote those letters, they made him feel much better to get the anger out on paper, but it really never did any harm because his wife made sure that they were never mailed. Can you see yourself doing this? Maybe you should try the same tactic when you are angry at someone. Write a letter, but never have that letter mailed. Next time you want to write a letter or email of criticism, remember, you are not dealing with creatures of logic. We are dealing with creatures of emotion. In this book, we learned it's easier to get along with people by rewarding them for good behavior. Criticizing only does bad things. You can criticize someone so much that it can eventually drive them to suicide because we are creatures of emotion. Many parents criticize their children because they were not taught or maybe they were criticized themselves as children and that's how they learn how to be a parent. Before you criticize your child, think about this next story that I'm about to share with you. We will call this story, Father Forgets. Listen son, I'm saying this to you as you lie asleep, tucked underneath your blanket with your pillow. I have come into your room alone. I was sitting there thinking and I felt guilty with remorse. These were the things I was thinking. This morning, as you were getting ready for school, I scolded you because you did not wash your face. I criticized you because your shoes were dirty. I was angry at you because you threw some things on the floor. At breakfast, I found fault too. You spilled some juice on the table. You put your elbows on the table. You were eating too fast. You were not drinking all of your juice. And as I got ready and left for work, you waved and said, Goodbye, Dad. As I frowned because you were not holding your shoulders back. Then it started all over again in the evening when I came home. You were playing in the dirt with your friends, and I scolded you for getting your pants dirty, and I walked you in, and I told you to come inside right in front of your friends. Those pants were expensive, and if you had to buy them, if you knew how hard I had to work for them, you would probably treat them better. Imagine that, son. I am a father, and later that evening, when I was working on my computer, you came into the room with your eyes it, and I said, what is it that you want? You said nothing, but came up and put your little arms around my neck, and then you went out of the room. It was shortly after that I closed my laptop, and painfully, sick fear came over me. What has habit been doing to me? My habit of finding fault. Of reprimanding. This was not supposed to be. A reward for you. Just for being a boy. It was not that I didn't love you. It was that I was expecting. Too much from you. I was measuring you. By a yardstick. Of my own units. And there was so much of you. That was good. And how you had A great personality and character and how big your heart is this was shown by you coming in and giving me a hug good night nothing else matters tonight I have come to your bedside in the darkness and I have come to you on my knees ashamed I am sorry for finding fault and criticizing today tomorrow I will be a real daddy I will get on the grass and get my pants dirty with you. I will laugh when you laugh. I will bite my tongue when words of criticism come to me. I will repeat to myself, he is nothing but a boy, a little boy. I am afraid I have been visualizing you as a young man, but as I see you now under your blankets I see that you are still a little boy. Yesterday, you were in your mother's arms and your head on her shoulders. I have asked too much. I have asked too much. I will no longer criticize or scold. I have learned this the hard way. This was a great story. Don't you agree? Now let's learn a quick principle from this book, and then we will wrap up this podcast. Is that okay with you? Principle number one. Don't criticize or condemn or complain. This book teaches that there is really only one way to get someone to do something that you want them to do and that is to get them to want to do it. Does that make sense to you? You can learn how to in this book. We just learned not to criticize people and condemn them. You will also learn from this book how to appreciate people. A lot of marriages fail because lack of appreciation. Have you ever thought about this before? Let me give you an example. A woman was involved in a self-improvement program and she went to her husband and asked one of the questions that she learned in her program. She asked her husband to help her by listing six things that she can do to become a better wife. The husband was surprised at such a request. He said that he could probably name six things that he could change about her, but she could probably list a thousand things that she could change about him. He told his wife, let me think about it and I'll give you an answer in the morning. The next morning, the husband had roses and flowers sent to his wife and put a note on it that said, I can't think of six things that I would like to change about you. I love you the way you are. Later that evening, his wife greeted him at the door with a smile. Now stop and think about this story for a second. His wife requested him to criticize her and he did not do that. The wife reported the answer back to her self-improvement group and the other women in the group went to the husband and said that was the most considerable thing they have ever heard. Hopefully this story will get you to realize the power of appreciation. You have heard this talked about before right? There is another great story in this book of how a man's rent was raised 300 percent. So he used the power of persuasion to write the landlord a letter. And in this letter, he did not ask for a reduction of rent, but he got the landlord to increase the rent only 50 percent as opposed to 300. How did he do it? And do you want to write the same letter? It is in this book. Go buy this book right now using the link in the comment section. This book is purchased through our partner Amazon. Isn't that cool? This author gives great advice such as forcing yourself to smile. A smile is the biggest difference you could ever make. Even when you're talking on the phone. Smile. It's like people on the other end can feel it through the phone. You choose your state of mind. Remember this. You choose happiness act as if you're already happy, and then that will make you happy. Actions seem to follow feelings, but really, action and feelings go together by regulating the action which is under more control than the will. We can then regulate the feeling which is not. Is this making sense to you? So as an example to be happy, we have to act and speak as though happiness were already here. Everybody in this world is seeking happiness, and there is only one real way to find it, and that is by controlling your thoughts. Happiness doesn't depend on outside conditions. It depends on inner conditions. It isn't what you have or where you are or who you're with or what you're doing that makes you happy or unhappy. It is what you think about. Let me give you an example. Two people may be in the same place doing the same thing, Both may have the same equal amount of money, but yet one may be miserable and the other is happy. Why is this? it's because their mental attitude is different. You'll see just as many happy faces in the poverty third world countries with those people not having access to motor vehicles or advanced technology or nice Mercedes-Benz as you'll see the same amount of unhappy people in air conditioned office throughout New York, Los Angeles, even San Diego as they're in their nice vehicles. Am I right? Shakespeare once said, There is nothing good nor bad, but thinking makes it so. It was said by Abraham Lincoln that the most people that are happy have made up their minds to be that way. Is this making sense? Let me tell you a story of when I was in college. One of my instructors gave us an assignment. She said that the assignment is going to be to record the reactions that people give us when we give them a smile. We had to record 100 people. So we had to go out there in the world and look and make eye contact with 100 people and smile at them. We then had to write down the reactions that they gave us, whether they looked away, whether they smiled back, or they frowned upon our smiling at them, whatever their reaction was. We had to observe it and record it and put the results and then go back to class and report to the entire class of what happened with the 100 people. This taught me a lesson. And if you've never done this before, then you should go out and teach yourself a lesson also of what people do when you smile at them. If you want to make more friends, you have to go out there and you have to engage and talk to people. They are not going to come to you. If you want to make more friends, then you have to study this book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. If you want to be happy, if you want to make happiness, it's not just going to fall into your lap. And that's with everything in life. This book teaches you how to go out there and make friends and influence people. It was once said by an ancient Chinese. They had this saying that it goes like this. A man without a smiling face must not open a shop. Your smile is a messenger of your goodwill. Your smile brightens the life of all that see it. A smile can make someone realize that all is not hopeless and that there really is joy in this world. So you need to take action today and this is the call to action. I am asking you to go out there into this world and smile at 100 people and record the reactions of their smiles. This is going to work. I know it. I once got a date and I asked her, why did you come over and talk to me? Her response was, Because you smiled at me so who knows this might even get you a date let's go out there and take action i will talk to you action takers next time and happy new year
1: thanks for listening to this recording i hope you liked it as much as i enjoyed making it for you if you know anybody out there who might find it valuable please go out there and share it with them. I've been studying success for a long time, and I have found that there are two kinds of people. Those who are good at taking action and making it happen, and those that are good at making excuses. You can't be bold. If you're the one that is good at making excuses, I hate to say it, but you're gonna have a really hard time with this. The good news is you get to choose in this moment. You can choose what type of person you are going to be. Don't make excuses. Be someone who actually takes action. Click the link in the comment section below and take the 30 day one funnel way challenge. I believe in you. I believe in your dreams. I believe you can become the person you need to be. In order to do something that you never done, you have to be someone you've never been. Step up. It's time to become who you need to be. You can do it. Let's take action.